Cause I've been vibing and I've been wild and better check my shit In my department, it's like an apartment cause I live in it Somebody stop me, I'ma catch a body, nobody can tie me Go on top me, send it to the lobby, pop my shit Hit in the venue, nothing I can do, right in the can I'll affect my work here, this is the only way that I can win Everybody get the fuck out and a happy new year to you. May your 2022 be filled with much less bullshit than recent times. You know, I used to think that life was, you know, primarily exciting because of its unpredictability. The idea that life is just kind of a, uh, the, the ebb and flow of, uh, of a wave of unpredictability that you kind of have to find your way to, you know, you got to find your way to surf through it. It's this whole conglomeration of things that you do have influence and control over and, you know, the factors that you don't. And the fun is kind of working with this moving puzzle, this moving machine and finding where everything needs to go to make it just work out and and to get yourself in a position that you're wanting, whether that be, you know, career or relationship or, you know, whatever you have your mind set on. And, and there is so much excitement in kind of that the unpredictability because it, it speaks to kind of the agency there. The idea that, you know, this is on you and you can do, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, not saying that you're necessarily going to achieve everything you want, but, you know, theoretically you can do anything you want to do. If you want to go walk buck ass naked down to Antarctica, well, I guess you'd have to swim the oceans first, but you know, once you get there, if you want to do that, you can do it, but you know, you're still going to die of hypothermia within probably a couple of minutes. It's, it's one of those things where you can do whatever you want to do, but uh, there's no guarantee of working out exactly how you want it to. And that's what makes it so exciting. It's just that you, know, you can't tell what the future holds in, in stock for you. It, it's, it's something that you have to experience to, to really see it. Um, there's no way to you know, set a path for yourself perfectly. And it's kind of fun working out the little you know, wrenches get, get thrown into your plans. But now I feel like an old fucking man. I really just want to stick my head into the ground and just kind of Enter a, a bubble, a world where everything is just perfectly aligned and I don't have to worry about keeping up with changing times and everything will be just like I want them to be. And I don't know, man, I think that's a factor of just the, the vast amount of uncertainty that we've been experiencing within recent times. I'm sure other people feel the same way, but at the moment, I just feel like an old man and I really don't want to, but that's just how it is currently. But anyway, in the spirit of exciting things and celebration and, and New Year's and all that and, you know, telling yourself that you're actually going to change things that you actually aren't because you're too lazy to, I'm in that same boat. Uh, <laughs> in the spirit of all that, I want to talk about uh, liquid courage. So it is something that uh, certainly is incredibly useful to get yourself out of your head and to be able to, to talk to somebody that you're interested in. And you know, they, they, it's, it's absolutely a, a useful tool, but what they don't tell you is that it is the perfect tool which you can misdirect into shitting your shot. Let's just put it that way. What they don't tell you is that if you're too far gone, if you're too boozed, if you try to use some of that courage to uh, talk to someone that maybe you're interested in, the odds of you falling into a, an incoherent rambling mess is much higher than you would have anticipated. Something that you have in your mind and the feelings that you have for someone that, that are Shakespearean in nature, it's like a Shakespearean monologue of, of the wit and the romance of something you would see in A Midsummer Night's Dream, of that beautiful stature and, and love language 
turns into something as dumb as, <laughs> like, uh, I think you're pretty great and stuff. <laughs> yep, cowabunga. It's fucking embarrassing. And don't do it if you're feeling too boozed. That's my advice to all of you. So, anyway, that's it uh, for the uh, pre-part of this uh, podcast, as you can tell. If you can't already tell, I've been ab-libbing this whole thing. Um, I don't have anything planned, so let's just get right into it. Uh, this uh, interview is with Sam Rose. He's been a really good friend of mine for a while, and I got to know him in high school. He has been there with me through some of the most fun, but also some of the most difficult times um, that I can remember having. And, you know, for that, and, and he's championed me through the entire way. He's been such a great friend. He's so funny to talk to, and you'll definitely get to see some of that uh, in this episode. But, um, you know, he, he's an example of one of those people that you don't get to see you know, nearly as much as you'd like to, but, um, but you, you don't really realize just how much you miss them until, um, you know, you're strolling through some photos and, and you see a picture of a fun time you had with them, or for me going through the editing this episode um and and you know just remembering how much fun i had in the moment recording this with him even though it was a little over a year ago um so i you know hold on to those people honestly they're they're the ones that uh they're gonna get you through this life and not let you get too sour and you know keep enjoying the day even into your later years that's kind of my philosophy i guess on it but uh it's it's all about those people that you choose to, you know, try to stay in touch with, even even though things get hard and and things have definitely been difficult in that regard because of a pandemic and you know it doesn't necessarily suit itself well to, um, you know, be hanging out with everyone all the time and especially towards the beginning of the pandemic it was uh you know it was much uh, scarier I feel and it was much harder to, you know, keep in contact with people because. You know, as much as you can text someone or whatever, there's something to be said for physically being there and just enjoying their presence. Um, anyway, uh, to end this rambling, Sam is one of those people that I, I really love being around. And this episode was a lot of fun. One of my favorites to date. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this. And Sam, if you're listening, love you, buddy. I'll see you soon. Move and accept my friends. Want to play a part? Well, that depends. I'm gonna be moving indefinitely, so eloquently. I'm better than me. I'm glad to succeed, but credit me, please. I paved the path that you walk and lift you up to the top and get your guap before you leave me behind. Damn. I like it, Kaji. <laughs> <laughs> you actually look pretty nice like that. Thanks, Dad. I try with the stony, uh, stony Tark glasses. <laughs> I was going more for Elton John, but that works too. Those actually are meant to be Elton John glasses. Just nice. I always think Tony Stark with the way they look. True, 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 true. So how's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you? You're looking awfully cute. Oh, thanks, boo. Uh, yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we're finally on break now as of recording this. And I don't know. It feels good just to finally be done with the absolute shit semester. True. <laughs> How do you feel about Christmas this year, though? Uh, Well, this is we're recording this on the 24th. So tomorrow's Christmas. That's true. Um. I don't know. Kind of excited. I'm going to get to see my brother and Kaylee again, so that will be nice. But uh, other than that, I'm not really not doing anything too big this year. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You look like the, uh, oh shoot, I never watched it, but the Aquaman movie. Oh, the one one with uh, Jason Momoa. The big ass alien looking head ass. I never watched it either. (laughs) But I think I know what you're talking about. I can kind of picture it. He looks a little bit like Lucio from Overwatch mixed in with somebody from Fusion Frenzy. Yes. 
Yeah, we're thinking of the same person. All right, cool, cool, cool. Red <laughs> eyes, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Red eye looking ass, just spoke the whole pound ass looking. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to get through the day, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's dig into your music. Okay. Oh, just starting off strong. Yeah, dude. Let's just do it. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So you've had a shit ton of really a shit ton of releases for as long as I've known you. Yeah. And I've been working on music for a while and haven't released anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. There's a reason I love your music, but hate mine. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. That's okay. I don't actually hate my music. I mean, you were working on uh, Jingle Trap too, right? Is that still yeah, going to come out? No, no, <laughs> no. I never see when I record. I need like a, a empty house, at least without my parents. I can do it with my sister in the house, but it's like it's a weird thing where if, like I'm not confident enough, then I won't get the fluctuation in my voice, and I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that never came about, considering it's COVID time, and most people are in their house already anyway. So I'll probably save that for next year. Well, I wish Kinda you the sucks. best with that. Jingle Trap 1 was a major uh, critical success. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. The songs that I spend the least amount of time with are the songs that do the best. Like Barbershop, I wrote that shit in five minutes. And it's oh, really? my most played song. Oh, seriously? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll play. Uh, maybe I can, for the intro of this episode, do a uh, quick bit of the probably Barbershop. If you want to. It's yeah. kind of a hype song. If you want something like a little more chill. I'd probably go with Shadow or Falcon Punch or Towards Atrophy, but that one's a little bit more on the Depresso Espresso side. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's my favorite song from that project. Oh, what was your favorite song to make? Uh, favorite song to make? I had a lot of fun with Annihilation, but I think the song, the songs that I have the most fun writing, at least, are the ones that are like fast and mm-hmm. the ones that take a lot of inspiration from themselves. And by that, I mean like looking at the lines that I've written and try to keep the motif. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, Fangs is a song all about like a bug, which is a spider, which ties back to my first project and a social extrovert, which had a brown recluse on the cover. So you're building a lore here. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> essentially it's like starting to spin my web. You're going to get caught in it, bro. Fire as bars, bars <laughs> right off the bat. And then it just keeps going into other things like bite down your thoughts I forget the rest of it because I haven't listened to the song in a while, but it's just pretty cool. Nice. I always thought it was really cool. Um, before you started getting like big into, you know, being creative with your own music and all that, uh, I was in the car with you and Connor, uh, you know, pre COVID days. That was real <laughs> nice. Um, but you guys knew the lyrics to every goddamn song that came up in your queue. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like I was enjoying watching you guys because it was really cool to see some, you know, see some homies so passionate about it and like being able to memorize the whole thing. But I was also sitting there, like, feeling like imposter syndrome. <laughs> like, how the hell am I hanging out with these guys who know every fucking lyric to this? And, like, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, we always, back in those times, I'm thinking that's probably what high school last time that happened. Like, my last two years of high school. So yeah. Your last year of high school. about. So when that was going on, Connor and I had EMT school in the morning. And so we would get to Timberline and we would just, like, sit there in silence. Maybe stop at the gas station for a nice little chorizo burrito. And then we'd put on some tunes. I remember Whit Lowry came out with a new album that year. Oh, dude, we listened to that shit out of that, dude. But oh, so much. And then Logic, he's been a constant in our life for a while. And so we'd listen to a bunch of songs on the way up. And after a while, we just knew all of them. How long does it take you to learn a song? Uh, it used to take me a lot longer. But nowadays, if I'm like really vibing with the song, if I'm bumping to it, I can get it done in a couple of days. Oh, but if I'm writing a song, 
because I'm like writing it and then going over and like practicing it as I'm writing it, I kind of get that almost immediately. It's really weird to me because like there are some songs that I have written where I have a good chunk of them down. Um, but in terms of how long it takes to memorize those, it's usually much quicker since I remember writing them. That yeah. whole aspect. When I'm creating music, I take passion from a couple of creators, um, being Odessa, uh, Jai Wolf, um, a couple of other EDM artists. And, uh, I also really like, uh, like modern folk or oh, yeah. like, or like indie folk. Uh, and I kind of take my inspiration for those different categories and try to place them together the best. Uh, who are you kind of looking at when you're trying to make your own stuff? That's a big question. It's kind of weird <laughs> because, you know, rap and hip hop is like a, it's definitely an African-American kind of culture of sound. But for me growing up, I've always listened to like Whit Lowry I've listened to since I was probably 12 years old. And he's just a white guy who listens, he talks about his ex-girlfriends all the time. And nowadays I don't listen to him as much, but like I listen to Logic, who is, he's an Oreo, you know, he's half black, half white. <laughs> hey, did you know that he's biracial? <laughs> no, I didn't know. He now. never talks about it. <laughs> But um, I've been thinking recently my influences are like Nas and a little bit of uh, like I've been listening to a lot of Biggie Smalls and mm. I've been listening to a lot of MF Doom recently. Those guys are great. Yo, my, my other parts of my friend group have been like just getting into MF yeah, Doom as, as well. He's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, and then another one that I've been listening to a lot is AZ. He did a song with Nas called Life's a Bitch. I think that's probably one of their most popular, but I still need to do more research on it. Mm -hmm. um, and then because Logic was so inspired by a lot of other rappers, a lot of his style has kind of been imbued into me. So I feel like the way that I make my songs and the way that I think about it, it kind of stems into like if Logic could put this on a song, would it be good? And it's really weird. And I feel kind of bad about that. And I'm not like trying to steal a style. Mm -hmm. But it, I feel like I use a lot of his style. It's kind of weird. It's your consciousness projecting as to what, you know, this person would do in the circumstance, given, you know, the music they're creating and yeah. the music in front of you that you're creating and trying to imagine, OK, what would he do right now? Yeah. Um, and I know. That when he was making a lot of his most recent projects, he actually doesn't really listen to rap that much. Really? Which is a smart thing because otherwise you'd probably end up taking a lot of ideas. And I have definitely written some things down and like gotten them set in stone in my mind. And then I'll listen to another rap song and I hear like a very similar lyric and I'm like, did I do that from that? And it kind of trips <laughs> so me I totally up. rip them off? Yeah. But other times I will take that and make it purpose purposeful, like with my song Invincible. Invincible. There's a part where it goes, I degrade it, why they waited, would they love it, would they hate it? That's a direct riff off of Logic's upgrade. Yeah. Where he goes, I've upgraded while they waited, will they love it, will they hate it? And I was like, ooh, let me turn that into something kind of depressing but sounding upbeat. Let's go. <laughs> and it worked out pretty okay. I really enjoy songs that do that. They they take either a narrative that's really happy or really depressing and they uh, flip what the musical tone of it is. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it grabs my attention like that. Yeah. Well, even Logic did it with that same line on his no pressure album he did it with uh i think it was in a dark place that mm. song where he goes i've upgraded while they waited will they love it who gives a fuck though and then he goes on to that and it's like bro i just did that <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> dog so anyways did you listen to that album yet uh no i don't believe so bro it's pretty good i gotta it's sorry. like it's like a return to form for logic i feel like that's awesome yeah well i've listened to some of it but not the whole thing i haven't sat down and gone through all of his music which i need to do someday 
Yeah, I think if you really want to, you can. I tend to listen to a lot of his albums on road trips and such. Like going up to Bogus, I'll put on Under Pressure or The Incredible True Story, and mm-hmm. I'll just vibe out, and oh, I'll be yeah. like, bro, this was like six years ago. Give me a minute. Let me get their shit. Yeah. And then, like, it gets me hyped <laughs> up, and then I'm snowboarding, and then I'm good. It's people's charisma that really can inspire like a whole new generation. I mm-hmm. think it's really cool because his music is good. And I think that in a large part probably has been there to, you know, help inspire you. But yeah, you know, I, there's a certain charisma and a certain, uh, joyness that he has. I don't, I'm really struggling to put it into words. <laughs> you get what I mean? He, he, yeah. he, he seems wholesome in a way that uh, a lot of artists don't typically depict themselves. Yeah. So I don't know. It's that kind of upbeat energy that got me interested in him in the first place. And then, you know, now it's based to even like logic. So whatever. <laughs> well, did you know that he's biracial? Wait, what? Yeah. No he, way. He would never mention. He's just that kind of guy, but he's biracial. Yeah, dude. Why would you brag about something like That's that? That's so weird. That'd yeah. be crazy. <laughs> no, dude. I love how he reinvented himself on social media. Mm-hmm. He like disappeared for almost six or seven months, at least maybe even longer. When was this? Uh, so after he released confessions of a dangerous mind, people were hating on him really bad and it like got to him. And so he just posted a picture of the Joker right before the pen pencil disappeared in the dark night. And said, yeah, I know. <laughs> it said, you want to see a magic trick? And then he just like deleted his account or at least put it as deactivated. Huh. But now he's back on it. He's like posting pictures of his son and his wife and how happy he is with them. And that's just really nice to see. Did you get remarried? Yeah. He oh, did. that's cool. He got remarried from his music, I would say, around the time Supermarket came out. Gotcha. Or at least that's when they started dating, at least because that entire that book and that album or that mixtape are kind of about her. Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought crazy. I was saying that was about his uh, his ex-wife. No, but she's kind of cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're hoping this podga- podcast gets out into the nether and she hears it. Yeah, like, right. oh, Yo, hey. Jess Andrea, where you at? Who's this Sam guy? He's spitting bars. He's <laughs> no, dude, his new wife. She's a cutie. She's uh, she's quite the cutie. Mm-hmm. She, apparently they went to high school together. I'm definitely just remembering off his lyrics, but they met at a coffee shop or some juice place. And he was like, yo, my name is Logic. You want to vote with me? And then yeah. she was like, mm. and then now they're having babies. Your memory astounds me. And then, <laughs> it's <laughs> weird. Let, 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 me, let me explain. Um, you, you're not the only person who's able to do this. Like, I think that um, Connor and Peyton do the same kind of thing um, for anyone that happens to know them. But it's this type of mentality where when you learn stuff, you're able to attach to small details that you find interesting and just hold on to them. Yeah. My, my, I don't work like that. <laughs> when, when I talk to people or when I look into someone's content that they're creating, I connect with it more on an emotional level. And I remember exactly how I feel when yeah. I'm with them. Um, and it used to be that I couldn't even do that because I was so anxious all the goddamn time. <laughs> so all I could remember is just how horrible I felt and how uptight I felt. Yeah. Um, but but seeing you guys be able to remember all these incredible details and like on top of it still be like, that was a really cool experience that I enjoyed. Like <laughs> I lived in the moment enough to really experience it. Like I'm jealous, to well, say the least. To be fair, all it really is is just a bunch of useless trivia. I mean, so, yeah. so like if you were to hand me like a math textbook for Calc 2 or something and say, memorize this shit, I could do it. And then I forget about it as soon as I was done testing it. Yeah, but that can get you somewhere. There was a guy on uh, Jeopardy who he was a bartender that knew a whole bunch of uh, trivia and stuff. I think he lived in New York and mm-hmm. he eventually got into Jeopardy and the guy fucking killed. <laughs> like he became like one of their all time champions winning a shit ton of money. I'm trying to remember if I had heard about that or not. It was like relatively recent. It was within the last year, I think. Yeah, I probably haven't. Rip Alex Trebek. He was, yeah, I was an amazing guy. Say. 
one of those types of content creators that you know will live on in our memory for yeah. sure uh, do you ever want to be there in jeopardy no <laughs> <laughs> you want to be in legal double, je- double jeopardy um no <laughs> uh, do you ever want to be at a point where you're so successful in what you do that people come to love you and like fame how do you what's your perspective on fame my perspective on fame if you were to ask me probably like two or three years ago i'd be like yeah dude i think being famous would be sick but nowadays i think back on all the times i've heard artists who have gotten famous they're always like yeah i used to want this shit but now it sucks i hate it get me out like that's kind of imprinted on me and like do i actually want to do this it's kind of affected some of my music too and because i think about it like if i do kill this fucking beat and I go super crazy and they're like, yo, Sam was popping. And then I'm like, oh, I'm already kind of lonely, but fame is even lonelier. I don't know if it's like a good mix. I feel like making music just to make music as like a therapy, which is kind of what it is for me now, mm. is probably the best course of action for me. And if it does end up getting me hella paid, dang, I'll just buy a Lambo. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you look at it with that perspective, because like even with this podcasting stuff, I don't necessarily expect this to go anywhere huge. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for it to make me ultra successful or anything. I'm just having fun with it. Yeah. And more so and actually the original idea that I had while making this thing was that I just wanted to improve my conversational skills because I remember there's one time I was hanging out with uh, Tnishk in the uh pottery room or or it was we it was ceramics class and we we're hanging out in this little back room where uh, uh there are only two turntables and nice. we were working on those just talking and one of the things I remember is just being in awe of how well he's able to ask questions and how important he made me feel while talking to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I, that was a real special moment and it had a certain sincerity to it, which I, that I really hope that I can you know replicate that I can repeat in my own life. I want people in my life to be able to have a conversation with me and leave it, you know, genuinely feeling like, Hey, <laughs> you know, like that was actually really cool. I'm happy I had that conversation. See, but the thing is, I've been I've been feeling that with you since I met you. Shut the fuck up. Like you are the homiest of homies, bro. Shut the fuck. Where did we meet? <laughs> we met in I, Wolf we, Connection, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like we met before then because when we were in Wolf Connection, I kept looking at you before we like started talking and I was like, you look so familiar. How do I know this person? And I think theoretically it's just because you're that kind of guy but and you're just nice to everybody. And so up. it was like, everybody wants to know you and shut I, up. I can't handle the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but then after we got placed in the green group together, just you and I, it was like, Oh, this is a homie right here. Oh yeah. No, that was wild. Um, we split up the class towards the very beginning of it in Wolf connection based on personality. And there are four different colors and we were like, the only two that were green yeah so, other than riley murray I but think she accidentally went to the wrong group either i thought she just wasn't there that day oh that might have meant it too. i can't remember it was so long ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that was really cool because that was my introduction to you and connor and a ton of other people that i yeah. know now and it's the, kind of that cascading effect is really amazing yeah and it's kind of crazy it's something to appreciate you know yeah it's uh, i think about it a lot like some of the people in wolf connection like i have love for everybody in there but like we don't keep up with everybody yeah well you're gonna regardless of what group you're in you're always gonna make closer niches for yourself within it yeah but like but the fact that you me connor Peyton, jordan that we're all still homies it's like we raised those boys you know <laughs> it's, that's what it and also makes if, me happy. if you get ultra successful someday for whatever reason <laughs> uh i want to be hitting you up <laughs> hey yo remember that time we were like in leadership together yeah 
I'm short of 3K. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to buy a Lambo, but bro, I don't got the money. <laughs> I would spy you that money on a heartbeat, bro. I got to get there first, though. Yeah, and, and that's the big challenge of it, figuring out what route you want to go in life that's going to make you happy and also bring you the monetary success you need to be comfortable in life. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they feel uh, exclusive of one another. Yeah. And then other times you think about it so much, you get imposter syndrome and it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It, it That's a horrible feeling. Yeah, it really is. And fuck God for making that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you all father. <laughs> no. no, I should, I should be more grateful than that. If God, whoever you are, whatever you are out there, thank you for what you've given us. <laughs> But please explain why the hell imposter syndrome is a thing. And why I'm not filthy rich yet. And why we ain't got bitches. <laughs> I got bitches. I got hoes. I got millions. <laughs> nah, dude. Imposter syndrome has been like really creeping in lately. Do you find that it sets in stronger as you get closer to graduating? Because that's how my brother feels about it. Mm, no, not not necessarily. I actually don't really feel too imposter if imposterous is that like how you would describe that i don't feel imposter syndrome that much <laughs> when imposter is when sus. <laughs> <laughs> see i don't feel it that much with school i've been lucky lucky to have the work ethic to be able to put a lot of time into my projects mm. to where everybody has been like wow this is actually really cool and they've been really supportive of that and so i've never felt too imposter syndrome ish i still don't know how to describe it like that yeah, you're doing well enough. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but with like with my music, it's I'm learning everything from scratch. I'm doing it all myself and seeing other people have more success under like the same premise. It's it really hits hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, comparing your work, uh, I, I forgot the exact quote, but um, like comparison uh, is like this the destroyer of joy or something like yeah. that. I totally fucked that up, but you get the, <laughs> I you understand, get the direction I'm going yeah. with it. Yeah, I've been really trying to, like, just be happy that they're receiving the amount of success that they have, even if I don't personally enjoy the music, which mm -hmm. most people that I know that are making music here, like I do. I do like Spencer Lay or the Fets. The Fets are just great, freaking beautiful music. Yeah, I, my some of my favorite uh, kind of startup bands are you got the Fets, you got Spencer Lay. Uh, I really like college level. I haven't listened to college level band yet. They're really good. I've, I've been to uh, a couple of concerts where they played with the Fets. Um, I think they opened for the Fets one time. I thought uh, it was really good. Versa. I think they've done it both ways. Yeah. yeah uh, they they cool, like though. it both ways. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Shit. Hey, yo, Salazar, can I get some of that? <laughs> nah, that's cool. So I think when we're talking success, we're kind of meaning it in more the conventional way. But what is success to you? Happiness. <laughs> Just being happy. <laughs> And like, that's a cheesy ass answer, but like, I don't, I, if I had no money, but I was happy, I think I'd be successful. But what's going to make you happy? What's going to make me happy is being able to provide for my family <laughs> to which I need money, <laughs> <laughs> but I also need a family for that too. So I need to like find a woman real nice. Sometimes does her hair, you know, but you know, it doesn't have to, cause I don't do my hair all the time. You know, <laughs> gotta set some standards. Like if you want to go for it, if not, that's cool. And then, like, I, I want to go on a lot of trips to foreign countries. Like, hey, I want to go. I will to Japan. join you on those oh. if you ever want to go to any. Well, fuck, you want to be my woman? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have money to do that, but uh, eh, me neither. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure something out. I'm in my, I'm in the stock market right now, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a prior episode, I was talking to Josh about uh, his Doge coin. 
Really? Yeah, he's going to get rich off of it, man. I actually looked into Dogecoin a couple of years ago, God and I was like, it. well, you see, Bitcoin, and then I didn't buy either of them, <laughs> which sucks because Bitcoin just hit an all-time high. I heard about that. Yeah. I, I'm still hesitant to invest in general. Yeah. Like, I'm using uh, Acorn. Mm -hmm. um basically it just takes your uh pocket change um the it rounds up your purchases and takes that extra money invested not sponsored not sponsored <laughs> but I, I really like it and yeah. so far it seems to be pretty cool um and in a long term it probably probably won't get me too much but hey know, man it's a smart investment choice it is it, it is <laughs> i have been using Robinhood, mm -hmm. um mostly because also not sponsored right the bank that i am under doesn't like have a lot of ties with apps like that mm. have you ever seen those ads on like facebook or instagram where it's like here use this to track your payments and stuff so you yeah. can i'm not covered under that my bank isn't there so i can't use any of those oh which sucks dude damn dude but i have to do it manually but i don't use my debit card that often anyway yeah i almost never do it's really just for gas all my food comes out of tip money baby hey yeah so you've been working as a barista for quite a while yeah how is that as a job uh, it's a really good college job. The yep. pay is actually really nice. I feel like working at zero six is one of those coffee shops that pays more than really anything else. Any other coffee shop. They're more of like a mom and pop type store yeah. rather than like a big chain. So I can, I can imagine Definitely. that. So it's really nice. You actually, that place you get to know a lot of the customers, you get to meet some friends. Like there's a, my guy, Tyler Rankin rhymes with bacon. That's my dude, bro. <laughs> he's, he's like 26, 27 years old, but he likes video games like I like video games and he likes to talk about them like that. And so he'll come in, I'll make his white chocolate mocha surprise and we'll just BS about why Halo's not coming out this year. <laughs> it's great. He's awesome. People like that are really cool. Like, I mean, sometimes just coming in and opening your mouth and not shutting it can be really annoying. Yeah. But like, if you know how to connect with someone and you can just come in and immediately like start up, it's a conversation that, you know, although it may not be that meaningful, like it makes your day better. It does sometimes <laughs> working there for three and almost three and a half years. is kind of draining though. Cause like, what's I, so draining about it? I don't know. It feels like I feel also with the stage in my life I am right now, like still trying to figure out what I want to be and who, I, who I want to be. Um, it kind of takes a lot of that customer service aspect out of me. And so like, I find it a lot more difficult to connect with people, especially since I don't like to do small talk. Um, yeah. but there it's kind of like, you have to do small talk. So people aren't like, Hey, where's my burrito? Why is it taking so long? Yeah. You can't really get in a super deep conversation with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, if I do, it's like, I don't know how to handle it anymore. Like I have so much trouble. Like if somebody comes up to me and they're like, Hey, how are you? And like, I can tell that they're upset. I'll be like, Hey, what's going on? And they're like, well, such and such in my life is like diagnosed with something. I'm like, Oh, that sucks. Yeah, because you just got done talking to someone about a fucking football game. Yeah. Well, you, I don't know football. You know how hard it is to talk about football? Dude, I know just enough to skirt around it and be like, I, I know who that guy is. He's wide receiver for the, uh, and then like ask somebody and then they'll tell me, I'll be like, all right, he's wide receiver for Falcons or whatever. That's kind of my approach towards it too. I, yeah. I, I'm grateful to have friends who are more into football than I am. So I can just kind of siphon off yeah. the, the, the uh, superficial details off of them. Exactly. Well, even Connor, he's been getting into football because of fantasy. And so he'll be like, we'll be in a discord call playing some Minecraft or destiny. And he'll be like, yo, the Buccaneers just won. Got me my win in fantasy. And I'm like, tell me all about it, baby. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then there's another guy in there in that discord and he'll talk about it too. And so they'll like back and forth and I'm just listening in for little details I can take to work. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of something you just said, when you came in today, um, before we started recording, you had 
a big tear in your eye. You came in limping. <laughs> I picked you, you up off the you, streets. <laughs> I raised you. I gave you shelter. <laughs> I took you. I brought you into this world. I could take you out. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you just got back from the yard where you had lunch money in your hand and the school bully was out there. <laughs> but you were explaining to me the, the travesty of your life and the, uh, the issue of your Minecraft server recently. What, oh, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, I'll talk this, about it. Be this vulnerable, is really man. tough. I, I, you know, I have troubles talking about my personal life like this. <laughs> I can't find any bees. Can't find it some sucks. fucking bees. No, dude, I, I got myself an elytra. I beat the game, according to the credits, mm -hmm. and I got a nice little place. I got farms. I ain't got no bees. No bees? I need some bees, dog. I want to make a nice little friggin' place where you can, like, jump off of really high and then land on the honey block and not take any damage. That'd be sick. It would be. I ain't got no bees. Where your fucking bees at? I'm trying to find them. I even pulled up. You're not supposed to do this, but I pulled up a seed finder to where I can look for <laughs> biomes because I know the bees spawn in like sunflower biomes. And currently, right before I came after, right before I picked up my car to come here, I was in a sunflower biome. It was raining. It was thunderstorm. You know what I found? What do you find? Skeleton horses. I've never found skeleton horses before. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And was... lightning struck with them and made them into four skeleton horses with jockeys on them. And that sucked. But I didn't find any bees. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, bro. It's the worst. Bees are like one of my favorite mobs. Not yeah. I couldn't tell you why. Because they're I, cute. I mean, they are cute. And they, you know, they, they pollinate things. They make things grow faster. Yeah. I mean, really who nice. doesn't want that? Apparently me. I can't find any bees. <laughs> I should make a rap song about that. Yo, I can't find any bees. Oh, they're the heckin' knees. Oh. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll, I'll promote the fuck out of that if you make a song about Minecraft. Thank you, thank you. You should join me in my Minecraft world and help me find bees. <laughs> actually, please, I'm looking for servers to get onto. It's actually a Bedrock, uh, bedrock game, so it's not like a server server. So you oh, just you're using me. Bedrock? I have both. That's just where the world is. I use Java. That's okay. We can't all be perfect. <laughs> I find that Bedrock just runs so much smoother on my computer, so I mm. use that. So Try getting a better computer. I have a nice computer. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> it's not bad, man. <laughs> well, while we're talking about your problems, uh, let's pull up the armchair counseling visit. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. So what's been going on in your life recently? What's been going on in my life recently? Because, well, I'm approaching this from this perspective. It has been an incredibly weird time for all of us. Mm. And I found that while I've really dug into it, like just joking about it passively, I've never talked to anyone really seriously about it and really how it's affect our lives. And you are a guest that I feel would be perfect to have this conversation about, because by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be uh, just heading into 2021 and we'll be hoping for a much better year. <laughs> Oh, God, I hope. <laughs> hoping for it like we were hoping for it last year. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe things will be different. Right. You know, maybe she'll call me first this time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she'll ask me to hang out. Maybe she'll bring me the cookies that we can make. But what's... I don't know. How... how I don't know, dude. Has this changed you, do you think? You know, according to my sociology professor from freshman year, I am a nihilist. Oh. So, I don't know if I'm the right person You're to ask that kind about of this. Apparently, I don't know. Shoot. Like, I was just talking to her one day in class, and she goes, I bet you're a nihilist. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but I like it. And then I looked it up, and I was like, okay, kind of. I bet you're a masochist. <laughs> I bet you're a misogynist. Um, but 
I actually just had a conversation with my boss about this. Like we actually, we kind of broke down some emotional barriers that I've had with my boss. And that was like really nice. Don't want to get into that too much. That's fine. But, uh, she goes, well, I know it's, she says, I know how it's been affecting me in the business. And I was like, well, yeah. And that kind of sucks, but I'm under the impression that if I can't do anything about it, then it doesn't really affect me emotionally. Mm. But there is things I can do about it. I can wear a mask if I go out in public, which I do because I'm a nice looking guy. You are. Yeah. Just like you're you. better than nice looking. You want to get out of here? Kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to pick up this uh, episode later. <laughs> so anyway, next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I was thinking about it after that and I was like, wow, this like I already stayed inside a lot. I already played a lot of video games because that's what me and my homies like to do. You know, that's just it. Yeah. And, but I'm one of those guys who's able to read the room and like change how my energy levels are so I can match it. Like if I go to a party and like I'm kind of vibing with it, then I'll like enjoy the party and party on. But I also really like to be alone a lot, mm. which also sometimes isn't good for my mental health. But that's another topic for later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so being able to spend more time just playing video games with my friends online or watching more movies because I love movies and can't go to the movie theater. So I got to watch it at home and kind of sucks miss the movie theater but it's been nice i feel like but i another thing that is nice is i don't have too many bills like i have my car bill my phone bill stuff like that maybe some subscriptions but i don't have to pay rent because i moved back in with my parents after i couldn't afford to pay rent yeah (laughs) it's it's a struggle seriously And, and right now it's i'm glad that you have a job right now I am too. And I was, we were definitely lucky we didn't shut down, which has been really nice. Um, And when we had to go into that initial lockdown, there were only like three of us working. Mm -hmm. It was me, Kenna and my boss. And then I think David was on Mm -hmm. and that was it for the entire week. Skeleton crew. Yeah. But it worked out, saved us a lot of money there. It wasn't very busy anyway, so it didn't matter. Yeah. But we dude, surprisingly, we got a lot more tips when it was slower. Oh, really? Yeah. We were making like a hundred bucks a day per person. Well, in reflecting on the pandemic, there was a like, top, he was like some sort of like top politician or whatever that just retired um, in some other country. Uh, and he said that there are aliens present here current currently, um, and they are waiting for the pandemic to end before presenting themselves. I wonder why he retired early. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if he's going a little loopy which actually i think that would be really cool though. or someone got probed mm-hmm. yeah, possibility see i'm a fan of aliens i think they're cool like, i, I like the cool. idea of them yeah i've never met one before are you sure are you an alien <laughs> <laughs> pull down your pants we'll see <laughs> <laughs> no but this this year in reflection um i w- what you were talking about earlier with um how when things don't uh how what you're talking what you're talking about <laughs> earlier with how um things that don't personally affect you don't really affect you as emotionally mm-hmm. is is that something that you've ever like looked at in a negative light or is oh yes that, how's how's that been and how's the well it's like i said earlier i have a hard time connecting with people when they've undergone like some sort of trauma like yeah. at work and so i think because like I have a lot of empathy, or at least I used to. I was I'm able to read the room pretty nice, but when somebody presents that to me, if I, sometimes I feel like if I don't experience it myself, it's really hard for me to like get into their mindset and be there for them. Like I'll still be there for them and listen, but if they want advice, I'm probably not the guy to give it. How do you feel about the pandemic? How has it been affecting you? I've noticed that overall. I mean, 
it's affected me in terms of like where I'm living. I'm living at home too right now. Um, hopefully I'll get a chance to move out um, next semester maybe, or probably won't happen next semester, but um, you know, maybe by next year. Uh, so I'm hoping for that opportunity. Um, but other than that though, it really, I've been lucky enough that it hasn't super affected me. Um, my family is still getting to work. Um, we're not having any issues like financially and all that. Although I know that um, a good chunk of people are right now. Uh, and men mentally and emotionally, I don't know. It's weird to see the world change so quickly and so drastically. And while I was hoping at the beginning of this, this would be kind of a wake. No matter how bad it got, I was hoping at the very beginning that this would be kind of a wake up call. Like, hey, put your stupid bullshit aside, <laughs> and like, can everyone attack this on the same front? And that just didn't happen. No, everyone has their own theory about how to go about it, and everyone suddenly believes they're a fucking doctor, right? And it, there's no coordinated attack on this, yeah. which there needs to be. I actually saw a video, funny enough, about esports <laughs> and why it's so different in Western cultures rather than Eastern cultures. I didn't realize there's a difference. Oh, there is a difference. There's a reason why Eastern cultures prefer things like MOBAs, where it's heavily teamwork based, whereas we prefer things like shooters and stuff that is more solo based. Yeah. Um, in Western cultures, we're very individualistic. And mm. so we like to do things that benefit us rather than the community. Whereas Eastern cultures, they're all about community and helping out each other. It's like why they respect their elders more than we do. Shout out grandma Cheryl. She's the best. <laughs> but I feel like thinking about that in terms of a virus response, I, like it has been definitely there's some shady business going on everywhere. There's no doubt about that. But I think one of the reasons we've been having such trouble with it is because we're so individualistic. Like, Hey, I don't have as much risk of getting infected by it. Mm -hmm. So why would I do anything about it to lessen your risk? You know? Yeah. Why do I care about what's going on with you? Which kind of sucks because if you did care about it or if people cared about it, I might be able to feel more comfortable flying places. You know, yeah. I want to go places. I have enough money saved up to do it, but I can't do it for fear of coming back and getting the people I like sick. So mm -hmm. and notoriously people like to have something just to be fucking angry at. Yeah. And <laughs> it's always the government that, ends up on the short side of that stick mm -hmm. and, and reasonably so they do a lot of shit that they should the people should be getting pissed off for right um but you know it's not just them that bears the responsibility it's all of us in this kind of circumstance yeah in the same way that like with the golden rule it's on everyone to you know treat each other how they wish they be treated um but you know this is kind of exposing an ugly stain that this country has that i don't think we were as aware of now mm -hmm. as, as we are now of just how many people there are that genuinely don't give a shit about anyone else. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's something that I hope can change throughout the generations. I'm a firm believer that every generation is better than the prior one. Yeah. And sometimes it gets, it, it fucks up really bad, but you know, <laughs> once the, once the building crashes, it just gets built up again. That's true. I don't know, dude. It's, I've, it's weird to think that the generation that came before us, like our parents' generation are having the most trouble with it. Like, I feel like our generation has been very open to the idea of wearing masks and being like, hey, let's just stay inside. Unless you're in college and partying, then you just want to party with everybody on the block, which one is of those the, Florida guys, one of those LaPointe guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, scary times. Yeah. No, I don't doubt it. It's I, I can understand from one standpoint where an older generation may have a harder time with it. Um, on one hand, if I was like a really old person at this point and I was like. <laughs> The more experience you have with the shitty government that we have, mm -hmm. the less reason you have to really trust what they tell you. That's true. And 
you know, basically the more bullshit that someone puts you through, like the less willing you're going to be to really grab on and agree with what they're trying to tell you is good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that's kind of been the case with this because it has to be organizationally. This has to be something that's government led because it's so fucking huge what we all have to do to change our lives. Yeah. Um, But there's just such a negative stigma against, you know, government and, you know, taking away my rights and other shit that people are just they don't want to deal with it. Yeah, I feel like something that my brother has talked to me about recently is that we should stop looking at issues on like a presidential base or a Congress base because they they do with things with like relations with, with other countries and that as a whole. Mm. But it's the states themselves that need to be looked at and and examined a little bit because they have the more authority over the people that are living in them. Mm-hmm. Like the Congress can make a pass a bill that will that they can be like, hey, all states need to do this. For instance, the tobacco bill that went through two years ago, I think at this point, yeah, um, where you have to be 21 to buy tobacco. They're going to raise it, yeah. Whereas Idaho, you don't have to be 21. They said, nah, screw that. I don't want to do that. But yeah. um, technically, you don't even have to be 21 to buy it anywhere. It's just people can't sell it to you unless the, the buyer is 21. Mm-hmm. So if you're caught with it, it doesn't matter. But what I'm trying to say is, that it needs to be looked at on a state level too, not just who's going to be the next president and who's going to be leading Congress, you know? Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, with this pandemic, all the politicians, at even a local level, were acting like wet noodles because <laughs> they all had limp dick. Because, like, <laughs> organizationally, no one wanted, like, the buck didn't stop with anyone. Yeah. No one made the decision because no one wanted to get thrown under the bus and have people fucking angry at them and throwing uh, death threats at them for you know, taking away their rights and shutting things down. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately it had to be something that came from the highest levels, yeah. but it just didn't. Yeah. That's politicians for you though. Yeah. I f- it's really easy to sit here and be like, I wonder, I feel like I could do better as a politician. I've thought about it, you know, like yeah. what if I run for president, I think I could do pretty good, but I don't know what the president goes through. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'd be really hard to say that I would do a better job until I got in there. But there's also no, I agree with you. I, I think that um, our egos lead us to believe that we could do things better than other people, although we're just as fucking stupid. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, on another hand, though, uh, coming from a different perspective, you can't look at people like Mitch McConnell and Pelosi and like these like real high-end people and not just think, oh my god, you old decrepit fuck. <laughs> seriously they are that's one of the reasons why i really appreciated uh andrew yang when he started coming out because i really don't know how much i ultimately would agreed on his policy but i mean he was a fresh face yeah like literally like the youngest fucking guy and i don't know i feel like we need people that are more on bar on board to address the issues that the younger generation is going to have because we're working we're working on patching up uh fucking programs that were built long ago long mm-hmm. before we were born long before even our parents were born yeah and it's not the best for keeping up with a rapidly growing civilization yeah it's definitely really tough especially seeing things like environment going downhill yeah. climate change and shit that doesn't exist by the way no 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 never no, no. <laughs> but i am kind of excited did did biden say that he was going to go back into the like the Paris Accords? My understanding is that, yeah, he's going to go back into it. Okay. Um, Along with some other environmental stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So I just don't want to suffer as an old man. I don't want to have trouble breathing. You know, I want to breathe happy. Yeah. Me too. Like Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's uh south park did a really good job on the whole uh climate change quote-unquote debate um, yeah where they first came out with an episode of man bear pig and it's this <laughs> giant monstrosity that was like killing people and shit and then they're making fun of al gore and all that and nice. basically they wrote it off as like this ridiculous monster that was like being overhyped by the media and like you know it's not real like it's fictional um but then they came back like 12 years later or something with an episode where like they have this guy uh in this restaurant and uh he's with his uh wife and they're just talking and she's like hey there's something behind you and he's like it does not man bear pig does not exist <laughs> he doesn't fucking exist they can't prove it the science is false as it's in the background ripping people apart and fucking pulling <laughs> their spines out of their asses <laughs> right well did it affect the guy who was talking crap it killed him oh <laughs> Well, I thought it was going to be one of those like blankets over the face type deals oh, no, where no, it's no. like, oh, there's a demon in here. Let me just cover my face. That'll yeah. help. <laughs> like an ostrich with its head in the sand. Yeah. That ass looking mighty fine, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you are currently in a direction of developing video games as oh, a career. Yes. Yes. You are in your junior year currently? Mm -hmm. Technically not, yeah. but yes. How technically not? Well, before we get into that, I want to ask you, yeah, sure. how is a uh, chemistry going for you? What are you looking forward into that? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. I am looking forward to, I, I think it'd be cool to work with anesthetics maybe. Um, so one option would be to, uh, graduate, uh, from college with a, um, chemistry, biochemistry emphasis, um, and then move on to, uh, med school. And either become like a certified um, anesthetic nerf nurse. I'm about to nerf your nervous system right now, so <laughs> it feels uh, vaguely vaguely threatening. Um, I see. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to going that direction, and maybe um, you know, working in like a hospital, um, either being an anesthetic nurse or uh, an actual anesthesiologist, um, or the other alternative. Um, the other alternative would be to go in a direction where I can like actually work with developing anesthetics. Um, I just find them incredibly fascinating because I mean, nobody knows how they work, right? Yeah. It's like, you just have this compound that makes you numb. Yeah. But you don't know how we know vaguely where it affects the brain and like parts of the brain that it causes decreased activity in, but we don't actually know on a chemical level how the fuck this thing is knocking us out. Yeah. And it's being used for hundreds of surgeries, thousands of surgeries. Oh, a day. Yeah. I've been under it before with my wisdom teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been out a couple of times. Actually, I've been been under four times. Really? In my life. Yeah. yeah twice for teeth. Your chest. And then right? twice for my chest surgery. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, dog. It's a, it's a wild. Do you have any theories about how it's affected or what the chemistry is of it? I it, It's really hard to say because we don't really know enough about the brain to even understand, like, how we're conscious in the first place. Um. I mean, my best guess would be that it just reduces, uh, like the electrical activity going on in your head or well, what we do know about anesthetics is that they cut off communication from different parts of your brain mm -hmm. as to how it does that. I have no idea. The, the best theory that I have is like, there's some sort of receptor that it interferes with and it just stops communication entirely. Yeah. But that could be completely wrong. I don't know. It could be. I was thinking maybe it changes the chemicals inside the neurons, like the potassium or sodium, so they can't transmit electrons or electricity. But yeah. I don't know enough about that shit, so I'm not going to comment on it. Well, you were originally <laughs> thinking about going into like brain surgery, right? This is true. I was. Um, but 
I actually, so this is kind of a funny story. So I didn't do very well on my SAT. I got an 1160 and I didn't want to retake it because I hate standardized tests. I'm, I, do I do a little bit better with them now, but back then it was just terrible. And I applied to University of Rochester, New York. And it's one of those schools that's like top 50 in the nation for whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I was going to get in, but because I put Wolf Connection in there and had Wolf Connection-esque stuff, like the fish philosophy, they were like, this is perfect for us. We want you here. I was 200 points below the SAT average. And I got into that school. But they still reached out to you. Oh, they did. That's yeah. really cool. They were like, yeah, you applied early. You are, you took initiative. We want you here. It's only going to be $72,000 a semester. <laughs> and i was like oh my god and then so i was like okay let me think about it and let me apply for financial aid Mm. they gave the usual thing there is like 50 percent for just grants um and i got about 55 percent. so it had only been like thirty thousand dollars a semester 36 but even then i have just half of that right now and i am almost done with my degree Mm-hmm. Whereas if I took one step on that campus in a fall semester, I would have already doubled what I have right now. And yep. that kind of terrified me for a sec. So I made a panic decision not to go, went to BSU and I was like, Hey, I like video games. I like coding. I am very interested in the nervous system though. So let me set my degree as CS for now until I find something. Cause BSU doesn't really have too much in the, the realm of neurosur- neuroscience and neurosurgery. Yeah, they're not big on real specialty topics like that. No, definitely not. But when I got in there, I actually, so I went to orientation as a CS major, which kind of sucked because people in CS are like, most people in CS, some people in CS, I don't know many, many, but Mm -hmm. some of them were very rude. And I was very surprised. That's just the impression that you got from them. Yeah, I was very surprised at some of the people I met there too, because some people from our high school, I won't name any names, but like, I I didn't like them per se. I wasn't like... I hate you. So I'm never going to talk to you. It was more like, I wouldn't associate with you on a daily basis. Yeah. And I saw them in there and I was like, Ooh, this seems weird. And so I was looking through electives to take on the little sheets we had to do. And I was like, Oh, there's a game design, like intro to programming class. And I was like, okay, I'll just take it. It's easy. I've already, I know how to program. I've done it. And I get in, dude, it was the toughest class I've ever taken. Really? Oh yeah. But it wasn't a CS class. It was a GIM 110, which is games, interactive media and mobile design. I just shorten it to game design. Is it like an applied version of the class or? Um, so it takes kind of, I would say that GIM 110 is more about learning how to make flash games, mm-hmm. like stuff you would see on addicting games or mini clip or even flash games on cool math. And it was pretty cool and we did really good, but it was one of those classes that weeds people out. Oh, we, I see. Yeah. We started with 160 kids by the end of four weeks. We were down to 60. Oh, it was cra- It was ridiculous. But so far, only three or four people since then have dropped. It's one of those things that once you're in, you're kind of in. Mm-hmm. You don't leave. And it focused a lot on how to program in that class, which is what I'm best at. The design aspect is not really my thing. But when it comes to designing levels, which is a weird kind of cohesion of them both, that's where I feel like I really shine. Yeah. And so... Finishing up that class was really tough, but it got me hooked into it. So I'm kind of grateful that I didn't go to Rochester because if I did, I would probably be hating myself. I might be a little happier though, because I'm like, I'm in a different place. Mm-hmm. So, and then sometimes I do think about that. Like, what if I actually did move schools? If I could afford to go to a different state for school, meet new people, maybe I'd have a GF by now. I don't know. <laughs> I thought about the same thing. Yeah. But no, I'm kind of, I'm glad that I stayed here. I think if I didn't, I probably would have dropped out of school. In a vague, in a vague way, to me, it's really cool that 
what you're doing with programming is in my eyes, at least in my very unexperienced eyes, um, it feels kind of connected to the basis of neurosurgery in the first place or, or just neuroscience in general, because you're kind of making the brain of a game work. It's true through programming and programming is one of those things that I've never attempted to really try and understand just because it's been so. Uh, I'm sure I might enjoy it, but it's just been so intimidating it's to me. It's a daunting task at first. I, I bet. Um, and I don't know. It, it's just, it, it's cool that you're kind of making a consciousness out of a game that other people can enjoy. Yeah. I've thought about that a couple times before. When I, I think last summer, Connor Lee and I were thinking about it. We we're like, hey, let's make a neural network that looks at stocks and maybe we can have it identify the best times to buy. Ultimately, somebody else has already done that before. And we were like, ah, it's too much work. So we yeah. didn't. <laughs> but I think about that a lot when I'm coding AI, which thinking about AI itself, it's kind of a daunting task, just like programming, getting into it is a daunting task. Yeah. I have to think about, oh, excuse me, Bless how you. it's going to move. I have to think about how it's going to move. I have to think about when it's going to attack. And it's pretty easy to do that once you get the grasp of it. Like you just use a state machine. Mm-hmm. Which we learned how to do state machines about seven weeks into the major in that first class. In what, is, CS, what is a state machine? I'll, I'll get there. I'll okay. Get there. <laughs> so CS, uh, they don't learn state machines until their third year. And so that kind of puts into perspective how intense that first class is. Yeah. State machines essentially have one class that like delegates what other classes can do. And classes is just like one file of code that they can follow. <laughs> so let's say I have an enemy class and the enemy class is responsible for having functions that require... Other things that can be over, overridden by the smaller classes. So if I want to say have him have an enemy wander, I will say here, here's a function for wandering. Don't put in anything in it unless you want them to have a base function right now. And then I go into a separate class and be like, here's an extension of enemy. We'll call it like enemy AI and we'll call this the wandering class. I can change how he wanders. And then if I want to do that differently for a different AI, I can change that too. All I have to do is override the base class. That shit took forever to learn, <laughs> and I still don't think I have a good grasp on it. You, you sounded like a pro explaining it. I am barely, <laughs> barely <laughs> running with what you're saying, but it sounds really cool. Yeah, well, it's a good way that we actually learned it was think of a stoplight. Uh-huh. You've got three lights. They're all lights. They all turn on. They all turn off. But each light means something different, and the, the meaning of it is derived from us, but the color that the lights turn on in is different. So either way, it's all going to turn on. It's all going to turn off. But you can have a flashing light, you can have a green light, red light, stuff like that. The red, the orange, or yellow, depending on who you are. Depending on how colorblind you are. Yes. <laughs> or the green light. They're all different states in the state machine. And mm-hmm. so it's that's how I like to think about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Wow. How uh, difficult is it to program that kind of stuff? It's a lot more difficult in Adobe Flash or Animate or Action Script as it's called. Bro, you're in Animate too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I code Weaboos. <laughs> But in something like Unity, which is the game engine we're working in right now, super easy. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that it was going to be crazy difficult. I thought I was going to have to create a bunch of different classes for it, like I did an action script. But you can do it all in the same class where you have, say, an enumerator that has these certain states that you can be in. Mm-hmm. And then in the update function, you can set a switch statement, a switch case, which means like, here's a thing, check for it. And if it matches this case, so say if I were to switch, say switch A. A can be a number, so I would do case one, two, three, however many I want to check for. Um, you can do different things for that. So I would say switch state. And okay. then when I want it to change things, it would be like case idle. 
then it would have all these other things. And then you could have it switch in to different types of states within those. And that's really all it was. What in the analog world would that be similar to? In the analog world, honestly, I think it would be anything that has a literal switch on it. Like this light switch, wherever it is in here, probably mm-hmm. behind this. Yeah. Yeah. It's got an on state and it's got an off state and it's all delegated based on whatever metal is touching or not touching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you were to make the metal touching, the on off state would be like, okay, if the metal touches, switch the state to on. And then in the update function, you would say if state is equal to on, then you can do turn the lights on. And if they're already on, do nothing. And then if the state can switch to off, then you would say switch to off. It's really just an endless loop going back and forth. I'm a stupid ass bitch, but most of what you said clicked and I'm appreciative that you're able to put it that way. I try. <laughs> it helps me to be able to explain it too. Cause like, if I feel like I don't understand it and I can't explain it, then I don't understand it. But if I can understand it, I, I, I explain it. You have now mastered the material. Ah! <laughs> I no longer need you, Ellertson. I have graduated. So what ultimately do you want to do with this information in your head? Oh, I die. <laughs> nah. don't, don't we all really? Um, I don't know. I really like level design, but I think I just need to get better at it. Um, I thought about coding AI for a while, but when I was going into BSU and thinking about that game design major, I was like, well, hey, if I still want to do something in neuroscience or neurosurgery. I could develop tools for the neurosurgeons or just other surgeons to use like robots. Yeah, like that really cool technology that they have. Surgery where, on a grape. <laughs> no, no, no. Where, where they, uh, they, they have these like um, little pill looking things that um, can go into like your bloodstream and travel through it and then put a mesh right where it needs mm-hmm. to be, where you have like a weak artery. Yeah. Just cool stuff like that. It would be pretty cool. But then if I were to develop a robot that literally does all the surgeries, well, that takes out the human factor and gets people out of jobs. So there's a real fine line. And I also would like game developers to be unionized by the time I graduate. That'd be cool. I don't have very long. (laughs) Currently, there's a lot of crunch and crunch culture is heavy. It's heavy in the major. We crunch all the time. Yeah. But I've been lucky with my work ethic, like I've said, uh, when I said earlier, I kind of eliminate crunch as much as I can. And it especially helps that I like to make games and I like to program so it doesn't feel like I'm crunching. Yeah. Which to the outside viewer, if they saw me spending nine hours a day, three days a week coding something, they'd be like, damn, he's really working. But in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I got to fix this puzzle. I got to do this thing right now. And looking at like myself in the mirror, I'm like, you son of a bitch, you're so fucking dumb. And then I get back <laughs> and I code it and I'm like, I'm the smartest man alive. Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. You know, it's like, you can, you get really upset when things don't work, but then when you fix it, you get a sudden rush of dopamine. You're the greatest person ever. Mm-hmm. My boss explained, um, my former boss explained to me that uh, one of the reasons why he really loved the job that he has is because it's one of those things where even if something small that you do around the shop, you know, once you get something completed and it looks nice or you get some data compiled that, you know, was being a bitch for so long and you mm-hmm. finally got it in a usable state, just like little things like that even though they seem relatively boring from an outside perspective, personally, when you get to experience that rush of having gotten it done, yeah. it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like it goes from looking in the mirror and crying to looking <laughs> in the mirror and, uh, and frowning. Not <laughs> crying, but still being sad. Yeah, no, I've had Connor play uh, the games that I've made so far. Mm-hmm. And every time I see him play it and like have a good time, it's like, oh, wow, 
people actually like this. And another thing we did this semester was have a discussion board. Yeah. Discussion boards suck usually. Yes. But not wrong. Not this time. This time it was good because everybody was sharing their progress and everybody in the major is passionate about the major, which is a really good thing to be. Uh, You go to other majors, people aren't as passionate. It's good to have a little niche community. Yeah. Being around people who are passionate about what they do is great in the first place. And I hope to have so many more on, you know, this project that I'm working on right now, because like I love hearing about this sort of stuff. Exactly. It's awesome. And so in that discussion board, everybody's complimenting each other like, wow, this looks really nice. I want to do something like that. And then the last discussion board I had, there was somebody who came in and she says, every time I pop in or every week, I expect to see something good. And you always never disappoint whenever you throw that damn monitor across the room. Yeet that bitch. And I was like, that's right. That's right. And so it's funny, like something I never even thought about that. Like I pick up the monitor with my hands in VR because it's just like, I don't know, demonstrating the interactive inter- interactivity of it. Mm. And then somebody's like, you do that every week and it brings me happiness. I'm like, oh, well, now there's all this pressure that I have to do it every week. But luckily it was the last discussion board, so I didn't have to worry about it. Oh, but that's a sweet way to end it. Yeah. Off. Seeing people enjoy my stuff like that and being inspired off of it helps me carry along mm-hmm. and so it's really nice i'm really hoping to find kind of a community like that uh in my future currently like with the communities that i'm in with like photography community and a little bit of uh videography and you know just entering this like podcast realm uh they're so expansive that it's really hard to find i most of the people that are going to encourage you are people you already know your close friends and all that mm-hmm. but you know it's always exciting to find new people that you had no idea existed before and you can just connect connect on something that you're both passionate about. Yeah. And I have yet to find some of those in like this community and others that I'm in. But, you know, it, it's something that makes the human condition a little less <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Speaking of photography, um, my brother recently proposed to his girlfriend and what I was going to be like, what? yeah, I know. It's crazy. We Adam proposed. Yeah, he proposed. Damn. You want to see some pictures? I'll show you some Yeah, pictures. I'll see some photos. But so I was thinking about it. It was going to be a nice little get together. We're all going to hang out and we're just going to enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. And my mom looks at me and she goes, you're the photographer. No. And I was like, mother, <laughs> I'm not even that good. But because I have an artistic eye, sometimes she thinks that I'm like good at it. But you can scroll through those pictures. Yeah, I'll take a look at them. They're, they're really nice pictures. Um, oh, she's crying. Yeah. Well, she wasn't even crying from the proposal. She was crying because her entire family was there and she wasn't expecting it. Oh. And then the proposal happened. It was a really beautiful moment. Uh, <laughs> the face she's given on the, on the photo. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I don't know. It was a good time. Dude, good for your brother. I'm really happy for him. I know. For, I, I haven't really liked, talked to, uh, too long with your brother, but he's a very very wholesome seeming guy Mm -hmm. he definitely is i've grown up always being six years apart from him and so when i do things it always feels like it's you know it's got to be six years apart he graduated or him and his twin graduated high school Mm -hmm. six years later i'm gonna graduate high school they graduated college while i'm in high school six years later i'm gonna graduate college or i'm gonna go to college or something like that Mm -hmm. Him and his girlfriend have been together for six years. <laughs> it's time for wow. me to get a girlfriend. <laughs> Those um, bigger sibling expectations being placed onto the younger ones. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, great. It's a classic trope. Oh, of course, especially at zero six when everybody comes in. It's like, where's Rosie at? We never see Rosie anymore. How's this fireman gig going? And I'm like, that's my brother. He's good. He's good. Yeah, He's thanks, good. For, thanks for asking. Yeah, What's yeah. your number, girl? <laughs> Gee, you cute? 
<laughs> nah, dude, I can't. My uh, friend Wade from the coffee shop, he always is like looking out and he's always like, bro, these are prime hunting grounds. And he's like 60 years old. And he's really funny. Plays games. Whoa. But he's saying like for me because for he wants he wants me to get a GF. And so he's like, bro, oh, sweet. these are prime hunting grounds. You got to do it. And I was like, wait, I've tried it a couple of times and it starts off really great and then fizzles out immediately. It's not good. So coffee so, shop GF, dude, probably not going to happen. So maybe it's you. It could be. I am the common denominator here. That that's true, but also the coffee shop is. Yeah, but it's you or the no. coffee too. <laughs> Here's an ultimatum. Take it. It really sucks. Shoot him. He's the coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. There was actually a girl that I went on a date with from the coffee shop. Yeah, we. It was around the time of Peyton's graduation. It was actually the day of his grad grad party oh. when I went on a date. Okay. And we actually just started talking again recently. Which is weird. I don't know how it happened. We just started playing iMessage games and talking, being like flirty with each other. And then she stopped talking to me again. (laughs) But like, I wasn't even like trying to talk with her all flirty. I was just like, I'll play iMessage games. I ain't got nothing better to do. Yeah. And then she stopped talking to me, which could be part of it. But I always returned the flirt. Mm. I never like sought it out. Are you sure you're perceiving a flirt where there isn't a flirt? Well, she put hearts in it. Oh, well, maybe she's just a very (laughs) loving person. (laughs) She is. She's cute, well, but cool. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Probably nothing. I don't know. Hey, I think that you're going to get the most beautiful inside and out woman when all these women realize how <laughs> beautiful you are. You're just describing you, Keaton. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Like I said, you want to get out of here? Yeah. I think Josh's bedroom is open. Hey, yo, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> is your bedroom open? He said maybe. <laughs> yep, that's a yes. <laughs> How's your lady situation going? Uh, currently, nothing. Nice. That's about all I have to say about it. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're just living, you know, you're seeing what happens. You're letting the opportunities come to you. Well, one of the things, too, also, is the fact that I'm living back at home right now, I feel like has made me hesitant from really putting myself out there as much as I should be. Uh, also, the pandemic. Yeah. Um, that's, a small, <laughs> that, that's a small factor that plays into it. But um, I don't know. Recently, I've just been enjoying going in and, you know, working on some of the creative stuff that I've wanted to do for a long time. Podcasts being one of them, uh, more photography stuff. Um, I, I occasionally make memes. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen some of those. Those are silly. So, you know, I'm, I'm living the prime life here. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's really tough to live with your parents and be like, I want a GF, but I can't bring them home to meet the parents quite yet because I don't know this person. So it'd be weird if they're like, Hey, do you want to meet my parents? And then maybe like snuggle. Like that's <laughs> just a weird thing. Dynamic that I have with my family is like, I don't think personally my, either of my parents would really care. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm sure they would be generous enough to give me space if I did bring someone home. But you know, then there's that awkward layer of like, Oh, Hey, this is the first time we're going to hang out. You're going to see my parents. And that's typically not a great way to do it. Um, also I live 40 minutes out of town. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah. And and in a place that I don't trust other people to be able to drive to because it's winter. True. So it's Subi gang. (laughs) Subi gang. So it's one of those things where, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of enjoying the moment right now. Yeah. I'll probably throw myself more into it. Uh, once I'm living, you know, either with you or whatever I end up figuring out for, you know, living with some of the homies. So, yeah, to be fair, the uh, person I am currently talking to right now, I met her mother uh, the first night I ever met her. But at that point, I like didn't know who she was. We weren't talking or anything. I was just hanging out with one of her friends. Oh, really? Yeah. And then her mother was there 
and like making food and stuff. And we talked or whatever. And now her mother's in town and she's like, this is the boy. I remember him. He must be crazy for talking to you. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like I think about it as if I've met both of her parents already, but I don't really want her to meet my parents just yet. Yeah. Cause that's like, that's a big step though. (laughs) Slow down. That's like, I'm sitting here as like a four foot two guy, just taking little steps. (laughs) And then that step right there, that's like Michael Jordan balling to the hoop. That's a big step. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in high school, um, there's this one girl that I was talking to for a little bit. Uh, nothing really serious ever came of it, but, you know, it, it was looking like that for a little bit. And uh, I didn't actually know it at the time, but I had met her dad um, in a parking lot. He was having trouble getting his car started. And my dad and I were there and we just happened to be the strangers that he came over to to ask for help. Nice. Um, so we were talking to him and stuff. And... Uh, he kept talking about his kid who's going to Timberline and all that. And he's like, who's your kid? And he's like, oh, this person. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Ooh, nice to meet you, sir. Can I buy you a beer sometime? <laughs> Take you to a ball game? I perhaps? have my fake ID on me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did you ever talk again after that? Uh, to her? Yeah. Oh, it, it was just, um, it was more of just kind of a friendship. Yeah. Uh, originally. Um, I don't know. That didn't really affect my perspective on it. Um, but it was. You know, it's it's a little extra layer of the lore that makes the story more interesting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel that. At this point in our lives, do you think that there's certainly a lot of pressure um, when you look around in your surroundings and you see like other people, you know, get getting together, um, even some people marrying really early. There's a couple of people happy. I know that married in high school. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a certain pressure to it, but I mean. So do you think that pressure like stems from kind of the old style of like getting married right after school and having a family of like 11, 12 kids or like, is it something else that, you know, we don't even foresee just, just young monkey horny. (laughs) 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 I think a lot of it is depending on your religion. Like Mm. a lot of Mormons that I knew either before high school or during high school have gotten married. Like one of my childhood best friends who I forgot she was LDS. She got married right after high school and that was crazy. Wow. But uh, Taylor Corey, I'm sure you know her. Yeah. Uh, she got married in high school with her boyfriend who. And was, then he ended up deploying. Yeah. Right? But that's why they got married is yeah. because they they deploy. And that's like that's another niche or another trope that I feel like I see a lot or I've heard a lot of in entertainment media such as tvs or movies where it's like hey, like a love story kind of yeah like that. i have to go to war let's get married so you don't cheat on me or something and then they cheat anyway <laughs> but, <laughs> or you get my life insurance money if i exactly die which, in battle. that's a very valiant thing to do you know like hey i may never see you again take all this money i hope it can cover up the scars it would be scary to move that fast it's true I, just coming from a personal standpoint that would be yeah there was a time in early high school for me where I, there, I was dating a girl and I was like, Ooh, I might marry this chick. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I thought she was my first love, no way. We yeah. dated for like a year and a half. It's crazy dog. Yeah. Yeah. Young people are fucking stupid. I'm so, I'm, I'm still stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't say that in a pretentious way as where I'm pretending I'm not part of that demographic. Like, uh, you're <laughs> stupid. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's amazing you know, looking on past relationships, uh, where I thought like, you know, in the moment I thought that this was something that was really a lot better than it was in Mm -hmm. retrospect. I don't know. It's, 
it's one of those things where I think it's best just to not really think back on it and think poorly of anyone or of the experience. Like that was wasted time. You wasted my, you wasted two years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's a really shitty attitude to have towards it. I think that, you know, if you enjoyed it while you had it and if it helped progress you as a person and you know, this person was good for you, mm-hmm. then, you know, no matter how bitterly it ended, you know, there's still something to appreciate there. Yeah. At exactly. least in my opinion. There's always something of value to gain from it, too. Like, oh, hey, you taught me that I never w- talk to someone <laughs> like you again. <laughs> you taught me that I like to have some boundaries when it comes to the sexual things and that I'd prefer to talk a little bit more than making out on the couch. That's a good thing to learn, you know, yeah. or you taught me that uh, sometimes just saying I love you all the time isn't great, which I mean, I understand I might have loved you at one point. Maybe mm-hmm. I did. Maybe I didn't. Or per se, you taught me that dating somebody with bipolar syndrome or diagnosed with bipolar disease is like difficult but if you can work through it then it can be beautiful you know and with uh, special circumstances like that you know ultimately a a mental health disorder is a mental health disorder and it's not some sort of stigmatized thing that Mm -hmm. you know you have to avoid people like that it's something that you know if you're compatible as people you can probably work it out exactly and in the end we just weren't compatible enough so we mutually agreed that hey we should probably just not so we didn't and it's okay yeah you learned something from it yeah she only broke up with me like two weeks before prom it's fine oh i i retract my statement (laughs) no i'm just kidding no it's okay it happens that's just senior year though bro yeah didn't get any dates to dances or if i did didn't happen well you guys went out classy like for all your dances, you guys were like the snuggies one year. Well, yeah. yeah, for our senior year, we wore the the onesies for homecoming, which is kind of messed up, dude. There was a there was a guy that we went with or like we met up with and his date was actually really into me at the time. Oh, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. But she during the slow dance of that, she wanted to dance with me. And I'm like, oh, listen, I'm you should go dance with such and such. Uh, that would be really nice. And she said, but I want to dance with you. So I straight up walked away. It's like, you can't do that to my homie. That's not cool, dog. Yeah, I feel like I, that that sucks. Why yeah. do you? I, I if it's hard because <laughs> from her perspective, I can definitely understand where like if you're going with someone that you didn't really want to go with, like, you know, this is like your last dance, your last opportunity to get to, you know, show this person that you do like mm-hmm. that, like you're interested in them. But also you went with someone else yeah that's a really shitty thing to go dance with someone else when yeah because like the guy who knows what the guy was feeling he might have he might have liked her he probably i think he did like her a lot but now him and i have talked about it and we're both like yeah no way yeah no (laughs) you know stick (laughs) double dodged a bullet yeah because you're kings the ironic thing is that that situation actually happened to me in the sadie's choice dance the next dance yeah think about it right now it's kind of crazy the same way or like not really the same way so when we she put, she asked me out because it was girl's choice, but her first choice was already taken. Mm-hmm. So I was the second choice, which I didn't figure out until afterwards. We were actually on our way to dinner and we pulled up next to her first choice and she was really excited to see him, like unconventionally excited to see him. And I was like, oh, that Shoot. sucks. <laughs> and then we get to dinner and she's like not present. She's just sitting on her phone and I'm like having a really good time with everybody else at the table. We're playing table games. And then we get to the dance and she like disappears immediately. And then about 30 minutes later, I'm sitting here like alone, hanging out with Connor and his then girlfriend because there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. 
And she comes up to me. She goes, hey, I'm going to go to a party. Um, you can stay where you can go with me. And I was like, just give me my keys. Oh, yeah. And so she left and then she I saw on her spam the next day. It was like, I just had a really good time at the party. It was so awesome. Thanks for I have everyone to come. And I was like, mm, that sucks. But hey, at least she paid for flatbread. That was that was that silver lining. Out. Yeah, that was karma balancing itself out. Plus, we got to see peaches that night, dude. Peaches is wonderful. Love. Oh, you should describe who peaches is. All right. So for everybody listening who doesn't know who peaches is somehow, she should be famous. She should be. She is a host or she's a waitress yeah, waitress yes hostess sit people i guess she's a host waitress <laughs> anyway she does the seating and she takes your orders at ihop and she used to work the night shifts i think she's moving back onto it now but she's like she's a nice little grandma she's really cranky and everything but she's like really sweet she's the cutest she's got like a little underbite it's just super <laughs> silly her name is peaches her real name's karen uh She's great. She's an abrasive. She's a seemingly yeah. abrasive person. Yeah. With, with her voice and the way she conducts herself. Mm-hmm. But she's actually the sweetest person. Yeah. Ever. Every time she sees somebody she knows, she goes, hi, babies. It's like the greatest <laughs> thing ever. When I used to go to IHOP like every night with Connor during uh, during high school, it was like we'd look forward to being called babies. <laughs> it was awesome. Like, hey, babies, what will it be? Hot chocolates? Yeah. OK. Yeah. It was awesome. See, that's why I look forward to having like in a relationship way down the road like mm-hmm. it'd be really cool to ha- like be with someone with that type of charisma yeah because here's the thing i'm boring as fuck <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just put that right out there no um and like with what you're saying about um with the with the sadie's dance right that you went to and she's just kind of on her phone the whole time mm-hmm. that's happened to me too and you know f if, in the chat for all the homies f in the chat for all the homies <laughs> but um you know it was it was disappointing at the time but also in retrospect like you know, I've only recently become a moderately interesting person to talk to, <laughs> whereas before I was barely interesting to talk to. So, you know, slight progression right I there. I mean, you've always been an interesting person to talk to. Shut up. Shut up. But it would be really cool to find someone that has that type of eccentricity. Mm. Well, you know, actually, no, I'm going to take that back. She's not even really as eccentric. That really makes her so cool. It's just like. She's so comfortable with you. She makes yeah. you feel super comfortable. Absolutely. When you walk in. And she's really nice. She's really honest with everything she says. Oh, she's pretty goddamn blunt. She'll she, cuss she's at you. Blame. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it's that type of... I see a little bit of this in you um, in, in some of your special moments, for sure. My special but moments? <laughs> but um, I, what I see is this type of carelessness. This type of confidence in just enjoying oneself and not really being too concerned about like what do the people care because come on when she cusses at you she knows that you guys understand that yeah she's just playing around with you and mm-hmm. you, you know she knows that you don't think she's being mean or anything but like i don't know it, it's just i really wish that you know i could just i could strive for something similar to that where it's just not really caring like i do dumb stupid shit <laughs> um to know like with strangers to be able to just to do that it'd be really it would be cool i don't know i don't know if i do it as much as i used to anymore like when in high school walking around the halls and like just bsing with connor and talking some dumb shit and being stupid like <laughs> it was just something to pass the time because we, we it was boring bored. As fuck. Yeah, yeah it was definitely boring and so but nowadays like if you tell me to do something in public and i'm like 
and you say it as if I won't do it, that's when I like, oh, I'm doing it. I am a contrarian to the max. Okay, I will do it. Like that time we were in the library at BSU and we saw that girl and I was like, dude, she's real cute. And you're like, bro, you won't tell her that. And she literally walked by and was like, hey, you're cute. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that was a good time. I forgot. I've never seen her since. Oh. <laughs> but hey, if you're listening, you're cute. Yeah. No, anyone here listening is cute. That's right. Y'all cuties. Yeah. Except, except for you. Especially you, whoever's listening. Yeah, we're only talking to you specifically. Yeah, the one You know person. who you are. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. You're cute as fuck. Yeah. But if you don't know who you are, it's not you. But also, if you're not sure it's you, yeah, it's you. <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> anyway, you're just cute in general, that's all. Yeah, exactly. I was talking to you, not them. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Bring up the bedroom again. Barbacoa's got an open table. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been to barbacoa. Really? Mm-hmm. It's overrated. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard the guacamole is really good, though. Never had the guacamole, but from my experiences there, it is an incredibly expensive. Of course. Good meal. Yeah. Not fantastic. It's right. good, but it's good. Did you know that the people at barbacoa, like the boss there, rest in peace, may he, but um, they would they have like a drug ring really? going on. Yeah. It's crazy. Me. Yeah, they uh, there was a kid who worked at the griddle right next to me, and is he would come in and he was like, "Hey, I uh, just got a job at Barbacoa," and we would joke around and be like, "Hey, watch out! They might want you to, you know, move cocaine," because he got the owner there. The um, he actually got busted for that stuff a oh. long time ago, but they he still did it. And then he comes back like three weeks later, and he's like, "Yeah, they actually wanted me to move some for them for like a hundred bucks plus time and a half." And I was like, no way, I can't do it. And so he, I don't know where he's at now. He might be working at Dutch Bros. I think that's what he wanted to do. But mm-hmm. that was just proof, bro. Don't work at Barbacoa. You might have to move cocaine. Boise is an interesting city because it's still at this stage pretty goddamn clean. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as it gets larger, you know, it, the, the shit's going to get more obvious. Yeah. Like that. But, you know, at the state we are right now, it's interesting because... We're really not as wholesome of a city as you would think we are, mm. but it's just kind of hidden away and feel, it's hidden well. Yeah, it definitely is. But I feel like we're definitely a lot easier on the ears than a lot of other places. Oh, definitely. I don't know. I still want to move and get the heck out of Dodge, but yeah. <laughs> it doesn't I, I mean, understand that. yeah, I won't look back on this not having good memories, you know, but I do think that as we grow and get bigger, like we are, like you said, it's just going to get a lot worse. Hmm. But I mean, look at Portland. It's just, it's still weird. Portland's weird. You keep Portland weird. Keep Portland weird. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to live there, but keep it weird. I probably wouldn't want to live in Portland. Maybe Eugene. I like Eugene a lot. Eugene apparently has some issues with uh, some drug issues. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, there's a really sizable homeless population there too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those homeless people are racist. Oh. Yeah. When I went there, there were like, there were a couple guys like on the side of the road screaming out slurs to everybody. And oh. it was just spooky. But they have some really, really good food <laughs> and cool tattoo artist by the name of Ray. That's my guy. That's cool. Yeah. How about we end this off with talking about some of your favorite memories from, you know, the last couple of years. And yeah. I want to include this year with it because I don't know, with going into 2021, I feel like we should end this off on a positive note. Definitely. Now I got to really think about my favorite memories. (laughs) 
Well, you're so vocal about them most of the time. That's true, but it's, it's hard when you're put on the spot exactly. to think of one. It's yeah. like having a comedian being like, hey, tell us a joke. And then they're uh, like, uh, why did the cow <laughs> jump over the moon? You want a joke? Your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> see, there you go. But see, that came naturally. I didn't ask you to. Mm, let me let me think. What about you? What are your some of your favorite memories? From this year? Um, although counterintuitive, moving back in to my house with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't what I wanted necessarily. I was hoping to be able to, you know, stay living with some of the guys and, you know, stay in town so I don't have to drive all the way, um, 40 minutes out of town every day. <laughs> um, but I think it was really good and I feel like I've connected better with them than I ever have before because yes. high school makes you angsty as fuck, mm-hmm. or at least that's what I found. Um, and having more of the freedom that you have as an adult and, you know, going to like a college with an open campus, it feels much more free. And I think that that really got me on a much more positive note. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was able to go back home and, you know, I've, I've actually enjoyed it, you know, d- despite it not being what I would have chosen. Uh, it, it was something good for me, for sure. Um, another thing I over the winter last winter started taking um, some anti-anxiety medicine. And that shit's weird. It makes your <laughs> it makes your head a little dizzy for a couple of days uh, once you first started taking it. But I found that for a long part of my life, I didn't want to seek help. It's not that I saw it as weakness to go out and seek help. Just I, I wanted to try and fix my problems with my relationship with anxiety by focusing primarily on, you know, just how much inner peace I have. Mm hmm. And that sounds granola shit. No, that's definitely where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah. So you know how it feels. It's mm-hmm. being able to relax and meditate a little and realize that, you know, it's not as bad as this little voice in the back of the head of my head is trying to make it seem. And I don't know. It, it just got to a point where I had done everything that I thought I could as far as like um, consciously combating the anxiety that I felt all the time. So I decided to give in and uh, try some medicine for it. And in retrospect, it wasn't giving in. It was actually a really good decision for me. And it's made me feel it's gotten my hedonic set point a little higher than it used to be. Yeah. So I'm really happy about that. And I'll probably end up going off the medicine probably relatively soon. But, you know, it, it helped me realize, you know, just how much I'm capable of with just a little bit of help because I also had like people around me helping me too and all that. So I've been really privileged in that regard. I guess this year looking back on it has been really good for me in terms of getting out with my friends. Mm-hmm. I went on two trips over the summer. I never take trips like that mostly because it's it's really hard to find people to cover at work and I hate making people cover because then I have to cover their shifts later on. Yeah. But like I already do that anyway, but I went to Eugene twice and the first time the second time was great, but the first time I remember driving eight hours there, like with, I had the homies in the car, Shane and I were, uh, listening to some logic as the other guy was asleep in the back. So we were just bumping. We almost ran out of gas oh. right before bend, like the gas light turned on. We had 40 miles to go to bend. And I remember watching my little like counter that says how many miles I have left. So I was like, all right, close the windows, turn off the AC, 
just anything we can do to conserve some gas. Yeah. And so we actually got there just in time. We had a guy who's, he was, she was chilling. He was a homie. He comes out and he's like, you got all these bugs on your car for. And I was like, well, we've been driving through the night. He's like, I'll wash it for you. And then he washes it. He pumps our gas. He's a real great guy. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah. Cause Oregon makes it. So uh, someone else has to, an antenna yeah. has to pump your gas. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not bad. I mean, I like pumping my own gas. It makes me feel like a man, you know? <laughs> But I remember getting to the spot. It's this place really hidden away. Um, you drive up this little road, you take a right, there's more curves, and then you go up this little dirt road. Mm-hmm. And the, the one of the owners actually covered it with rocks, so it was a little easier to go up on. We get there, and I remember stopping, and we get out. And at this point, you can't see anything other than the lights that are on the shop and the lights that are on the house. It's pitch black, so you look up in the sky, and the stars are just beautiful. There's trees, like... In the morning, it's even more beautiful, but I remember there was just this immense quiet mm-hmm. and it was peaceful. And I was like, oh, I could stay here forever. And I wish I could have, but we got our tattoos there. We went to the beach. We got sushi, almost got in a car wreck on the way there. It was great. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but that's probably one of the happiest moments of my life. And then, I mean, other than Wolf Connection, because that was probably when I was happiest. Um. I, I I definitely think the trip that you and I took uh, in October uh, in Minnesota that, that was, was like fun. really great. That was a that was a much needed break, and Absolutely. I was really hesitant when we made the original plans for the trip. It was far enough back with COVID that there was actually still a glimmer of hope mm-hmm. that we'd get this thing under control. Um, by the time we actually left for Minneapolis, I was worried as fuck because numbers were blowing out of fucking <laughs> yeah. control. Um. And I'm I'm glad we did it though. Yeah, because that was that was a really good experience for me. I finally got to dip, literally dip my toe into the Mississippi. Yeah, and yeah, I actually I I didn't even I completely forgot not, <laughs> not, not forgotten, forgot, but forgo- it didn't come to mind. I forgoed. Yeah, forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I overlooked that because that was actually a really wonderful experience the the campus there is really beautiful yeah it really is and then getting to see the homies and not having to worry about being too loud at night for your parents to go to bed Mm -hmm. but like it's just one of those moments that i was so happy being out there that i like everything after that has been like i need to find a way to get back up to that level and it's been really hard to get up there but remembering everything that happened that those nights and you know, singing, uh, I can feel it in the air tonight to the girls who were screaming <laughs> as we were watching movies. That was great. I'm super happy about that. I was playing the drums and you were singing. Yeah. They were all drunk off out of their minds. Yeah. That was Halloween night, wasn't it? That was, oh, no, that was the night before. I, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was yeah, the night before. Yeah, yeah. Almost getting into a fight with some chads. That was That strange. was kind of funny. Yeah. But I was there, ready, bro. We were, uh, we were walking along the sidewalk and two of these guys come from the other direction and we have a pretty large group. And typically when I'm in a group that's smaller than one that's oncoming, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily expect them to try to move out of the way because it's harder to organize that many people. Yeah. So I'll typically be the one that kind of like slides off to the side, but like two guys coming down, we have a large group of people walking and, uh, we didn't move far enough out of the way for them <laughs> to their liking so as we're passing they start following us and i don't know what the fuck their issue is they might have been drunk I'm well to sure. be fair um the homie who was hosting us goes or they said why don't you guys move out of the way gosh in like a joking manner and then the other homie with us was like why don't you move out of the way gosh but he was also very <laughs> intoxicated um and they were like Yo, what the fuck you just say and they were like following us and i was like <laughs> 
I was kind of intoxicated at that point, but as soon as they started following us, I was like sobered up. I was ready to go, ready to throw down, uh-huh. ready to defend the homies. You're a tough guy. Yeah. I was ready, but I've never <laughs> fought anybody before. <laughs> so like that was, that was, that was a little nerve wracking for me because I, I was overhearing them just talking shit about us and mm-hmm. like, pussy, like as they're walking towards us from behind. And you know, I was worried that like, they're going to come up and like pick one of us off the back and just like be total dicks about it. But yeah. Also, we vastly outnumbered them. Yeah. They were big guys, but mm. eh. not big enough. Not, <laughs> not the first time you heard that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but overall, that weekend was really beautiful. And I remember like as we were touching down to get back into town, I was like, I was really depressed. Like I was looking outside and I was thinking about it. I almost actually started crying. I was like, I don't want to come back here quite it was, yet. It was noticeable. It was tough, dude. Cause this sorry, place, it like, it's, it's okay, but I've kind of gotten a little bit past that since I've landed back in, I'm getting more into the flow of things, ready for it all to happen again next year. It's going to be great. I've never really experienced the feeling. Well, I come from living in the mountains and I grew up somewhat isolated because of that. And I came to an extreme appreciation for being able to come into town and you know, see friends that I've made and mm. hang out and all that. So for me, coming to town is kind of like a treat. Yeah. Um, and it has been for a long time. But I think that, you know, if I were coming from a perspective where I've lived here my entire life in the town and I like I rarely go out into the mountains or anything, I completely understand why still being here after high school would feel like it's trapping me more than it's freeing me. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I, I really hope that in the future you're able to find a place, you know, more likely than not out of here that will give you that kind of thrill, kind of that dopamine rush of like, this is a really cool place. I'm happy I'm here. Yeah. But like a place that will like continuously give you that where, you know, you're happy with you're, you never regret the decision you made to move there. Mm-hmm. Is there anywhere like that? Um, this really tough right now because I think everywhere is kind of a shit show considering the pandemic. Yeah. But I've always liked the idea of moving to Iceland. I love the idea of Iceland. Never been there because I don't have enough money to fly, but I would like to one day. Um, But also every time I've gone to Washington or Oregon, I just I love it. Like going to Bellevue in Washington and seeing we were at this little place that was kind of on a cove where a bunch of ships would come in and deliver things. It's really expensive to live there, but Mm -hmm. oh, it was just beautiful. Was that Newport? It was Bellevue. Oh, Bellevue, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. But stuff like that is I really like that. And I think because it wasn't necessarily in the big city, it wasn't in Seattle, it was still some of that, oh, we kind of live on this side of the mountain, even though it's packed, there's tons of people living closely together. It still felt like there would be an opportunity to get to know people around you Mm -hmm. and an opportunity to experience new things that I've never done before. Like, although I guess I have gone crab fishing. I want to go crab fishing again. (laughs) Crab fishing is so fun. I've done it a couple of times. Absolutely. Actually, only one time that I remember. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. My brother was puking, chumming up the waters for for, for some extra bait. Nice. Um, I felt really horrible about it, though, because um, the way that they did it is they did like a communal fishing pot. Mm. So instead of catching your own fish and getting to keep those, you would just like get a share of the fish that is appropriate for like what you max out at for a day of fishing. Um, and when they had called, OK, that's it. Everyone really lines in. Uh. I had gotten a fish right then mm-hmm. and I pulled it up and they couldn't legally take it. Yeah. So they had like throw it out. And since these are uh, deep water fish, uh, rockfish, um, 
the like guts explode out of their mouth when you reel them up too fast. Mm-hmm. So this thing was just there, and I'm hoping a sequel got it, got it or something. Jeez, that's yeah. like communism doesn't work, right? <laughs> 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 this, this is infallible proof this is Joe Biden's America brought to you by PragerU <laughs> Vsauce hey, Michael, Michael here, here. <laughs> well I'm hoping that you know I'm, I'm hoping the best for you obviously and you're one of those friends that you know one of the things you worry about especially after big transitions whether it be after high school or after college or just after big events in our lives where you worry like, you know, maybe this person's going to kind of separate from my life and I'm not really going to be able to keep up with them. I'm I'm hoping that doesn't happen between us. Yeah. God knows I love you. Absolutely. And, you know, regardless of where you end up going and I end up going in life, you're going to be one of those people that like, I got to fly down <laughs> and I will scrap together whatever money I have to do. I'll Bro, fly you down and we'll hang out for a weekend. You're going to make me cry or some shit. Shut, I'm a man. Shut Get the- back in there too. <laughs> No, shut the fuck up. Absolutely, though, bro. I feel like I have such a hard time finding the people that I want to be close with because I feel like my personality and the things that I like to do is very niche. Mm-hmm. And so being able to find homies that we we do have different interests, but like, yeah, I'm not into gaming as much as you are. Right. And, and you know, we're both in the music with different genres and mm-hmm. stuff. So there's differences. But yeah. you're such a cool homie that it's just like if I wasn't friends with you, I'd probably... Or if I was friends with you like we are now and then just decided to be like, hey, I'm just going to ghost you like my ex-girlfriends did. That would probably <laughs> suck. I would probably hate myself for a long time because I, I do want to go on trips with you and I want to fly out to places that we've never been. Like, I don't know, India. You're just trying to get me ready for Josh's room, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, you still in your room? Oh, good. He left. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all to ourselves. That's right. That's right. Well, with that homoerotic note <laughs> um thank you for coming on the podcast you know i love you and i really appreciate the time that you know we got to say i actually learned some new stuff about you which really? was really cool i'm a very private person yeah, usually man. but i'm always happy to share with the homies yeah dog. also if anybody's watching uh don't use any information i said against me especially whoever was talking about barbacoa it wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the mob coming after you this no. post is not sponsored in any way <laughs> <laughs> if you were a loved one suffers from me mess with you <laughs> but yeah thanks for having me on bro it took a very long time to get here but we made it happen yeah dog. thank you so much i hope you have a wonderful day and to the lovely listeners out there i hope you do as well Mwah. <laughs> kiss the homies good night